Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. We're in Matthew chapter 8, beginning in verse 30. Yesterday, we see these demons ask Jesus the question, what do you have to do with us, son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Very telling. They know that there's a time set. We saw that in Revelation chapter 20 uh, in yesterday's devotion. Here's what continues beginning in verse 30. A long way off from them, a large herd of pigs was feeding. Obviously, we're in Gentile territory, all right? The Gerasenes, the Gadarenes, whichever term, they both refer to the same province. Here they are. Uh, Jews did not eat pigs. They didn't keep pigs. They were considered unclean. Uh, they're not kosher. If you drive us out, the demons begged him, send us into the herd of pigs. Go, he told them. So when they had come out, they entered the pigs, and the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea and perished in the water. Then the men who tended them fled. They went into the city and reported everything, especially what had happened to those who were demon-possessed. At that, the whole town went out to meet Jesus. When they saw him, they begged him to leave their region. It's a fascinating story and it's a fascinating outcome. It's fascinating because these demons confess that there's a date set where their destruction looms. They ask Jesus for permission. Jesus says one word to these demons. Only one word. If you're, if you're watching this on video, you can, you may, maybe you can barely see it. Some uh, versions of the Bible render the words of Jesus in red. And that's the case here. And it's just one red word at the beginning of verse 32. Go. And the town ought to have been grateful. For one thing, uh, Travel logistics have suddenly become way easier. Right? These two demon-possessed men uh, met Jesus, and they, they come out of the tombs. And they were so violent that no one could pass that way. Okay, According to verse 28 in yesterday's text, these guys had physically assaulted numerous people to the point that nobody could go by these tombs anymore because these crazy demon-possessed guys are physically assaulting people. You ought to be grateful for this. The demon-possessed men, I'm sure, had to have been grateful for this. The town ought to have been grateful for this, except for a couple of glaring things. One, a whole herd of pigs is gone now. Is that the fault of Jesus? No, it's the demons that did it. Like we often, we were often eager to blame God for what the devil did. That is, as we'll talk more we get into in the Gospel of Matthew, that's actually blasphemous to ascribe to the Holy Spirit the work of the devil. Uh, that is blasphemy. Jesus, and we'll talk more about that, that's a sermon actually that, that's coming up. Uh, the, the title of the sermon is, is uh, the, the quote-unquote unforgivable sin. Join us November 13th for that one. These, this herd of pigs is gone and it's dead. Why? Because demons inhabited them. This tells us numerous things. One, demons can't even hurt a pig without permission from God. The Lord has protected you. If the devil gets one inch in your life, he is begging God to take a mile. And then once he gets that mile, he's going to want a hundred square miles. And then once he gets that, he's going to want the whole hemisphere and then eventually the whole globe of your life. He, he will never be satiated. He'll never be satisfied. The degree to which he wants to torment you absolutely eclipses the degree to which he's, in, he's allowed by God. Remember this, you're never tempted beyond what you could bear. We studied this in our series, Into the Fray, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. 
Huge, hugely important verse. We're never tempted beyond what we could bear, but when we're tempted, God always provides a way for us to stand up under it. Understand this and take a moment to appreciate it because you will never have known this until you get to the other side of eternity. The degree to which Satan wants to tempt and torment you and ruin your life far exceeds what he's allowed to do. God allows him to tempt you, but only to an extent. Right? You may go this far and no farther, says God. He's ultimately the one who uses even the devil's sabotage to bring about good that could not otherwise come about. He's the one who tells the devil how far the devil can go. And the devil, as we see in the book of Job, is ever requesting more and more and more of God. He'll ask permission to sift someone like wheat, as is the case with Peter. Uh, he'll, he'll, he'll call out someone like Job for their righteousness, to test it and see if their love for God is genuine. He is constantly begging for more. He wanted to be like the most high in the very beginning, right? And so this, this burns within him until it eventually burns him forevermore. And these demons are asking Jesus for permission to do something, but they know that they're not even allowed to hurt a pig unless God says, go. The other thing is this, these people ask Jesus to leave, for one thing because they're freaked out, I think they'd be more freaked out by the violent tomb-dwelling demoniacs, but no, they're freaked out by the delivery of these guys. Do you know anybody in your life who likes you better when you were demonically oppressed? Like, they liked you better when you were stuck in your addiction to sin, they liked you better when you were demon-crazed, they liked you better that way. They don't like you now that you're transformed because your transfiguration by the power of the Holy Spirit of God, your transformation, your redemption by the power of the Holy Spirit of God makes them uncomfortable. There's a stark contrast between your newfound righteousness in Christ and their addiction to sin in the dark. Your light illuminates their darkness and they'd, they'd rather not be known. They prefer darkness to light because their deeds are evil. See John chapter 3 according to Jesus speaking to Nicodemus. And so your newfound deliverance, your freedom in Christ makes them uncomfortable. They liked you better chained. But also, this is economically disruptive. That was good money, man. There goes, you know, like a metric ton of bacon down into the water. It's just gone. It's useless now. May we never be so consumed with worldly wealth and worldly possessions and money that we would rather have it than Jesus. And that when Jesus' presence threatens that, we ask him to leave Who's Lord here in your life? Look at the people of this town. They liked the demoniacs better the way they were before. They'd rather have their pigs than Jesus. They'd rather have their money and their income than Jesus. But eventually one day the pigs are going to be turned to bacon and your worldly possessions are going to expire as it is. When you stand in judgment before God, that's the very next passage okay, that we saw in Revelation yesterday. All that you're going to be able to take with you is not the pigs, not your worldly possessions, none of that other stuff. You're going to stand in judgment before God. May you be imputed with the righteousness of the very Jesus whom these townspeople rejected.